You may be seated. All right. Bring up my Bible. This sermon series is a little different for me. I'm usually just going through a, a passage. I'm an expository preacher. That's what they call that. And that's my normal thing I like to do. But um, I thought it was... As I was uh, reading a book by Jenny Allen um, called Get Out of Your Head. I don't know if any of you guys have read that book. Um, it's designed for women, so I didn't get that much out of it. But uh, it has some good... Th- I, I read even the stuff for, for women. That's, uh, that's how I know how to recommend stuff. I read them all. Um, but it was a good book. But one of the things that I, I read about it was... Um, Uh, In the book, she states that all the lies we tell ourselves uh, are rooted in three lies. And she was told this by a a counselor friend of hers, and it said that I'm helpless, I'm worthless, and I'm unlovable. And um, I don't know if that's really true. I didn't get that far in my psychology classes. Um, But I thought, wow. I can see how that would be true. I started working through different lies that we tell ourselves and started working backwards, you know. So, well, that actually ties into this one, and that ties into this one. And those do make good categories for we can throw our lies into. And I thought, wow. So uh, for the next three weeks, guess what our next sermons are? I'm helpless, I'm worthless, I'm unlovable. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the lie that I'm helpless. How many of you guys have ever felt that way? Some of you are like, ah, I don't feel that way ever. But um, things like I can't change, I'm dependent on, or I'm addicted to, or I'm tapped out, I'm unable, I can't do this anymore, I'm weak. I'm ready to give up. How many of those sound a little closer to home? Those, um, maybe you feel like everything you do is just a waste of time. I know many school teachers feel that way. And when we say we're helpless, one of the things we're usually not saying is I'm like a little baby, unable to get up and pee for myself. Though, for some people, that happens, especially later on in life. But uh, that's usually not where we're going with this. Um, when I say I'm helpless, for the more uh, majority of people, they're 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 talking about how I feel like I have no power over my own circumstances in my life. Isn't that what it really means? I feel like I have no authority over what's going on around me in my own life. Not even like with my neighbor and I can't help the fact that they're sick or if they're, you know, it's me. I feel like I am stuck in this circumstance. 
And I have no authority. And in reality, there are lots of things that we are helpless to change. I mean, world hunger, there will always be people that are hungry because there's no food or because they're not in a place where they can get the food. You may be able to feed one or two or 20 or if you've got a lot of money, 100,000, but you'll never be able to feed them all. And you can't do it indefinitely because there's only so much money. So unless you teach them to feed themselves, there will always be people that are unwilling to work for themselves and go starving because of it. I'm not saying that everyone who's star- that's hungry, that's their problem. I'm saying that there will always be those people. Government's going to war? You can't fix that. We are helpless to change that. Even in Matthew 24, Jesus says there's always going to be war. That's just reality, isn't it? Until he comes back and solves the issue of our brokenness, we're helpless to prevent the fact that people are going to go to war. We can, here in the United States, we have wonderful things like we can protest war, we can argue against it, we can elect people that are more in line not to go to war or whatever, but the wars are going to happen. Raising care of health care, that seems like it's unchangeable, doesn't it? Or housing cost. Some of you guys are in that. 40% of the United States are, have their mortgages paid off. And a great deal of you are in that, that place. Um, it, let me tell you, it's not the younger generations that are part of that group. <laughs> um, it's the generation that's, you know, we're lucky enough to be born when housing was affordable. And, and bought houses then, you know, um, that makes a big difference. And, um, you know, so it feels like, man, I can't afford that. And you're helpless. And, I, and there are some things we cannot change, but we can, we can affect policy change. But if, honestly, if these were kind of the things that we were really talking about when we were talking about, we would join a cause, we would protest, we would elect different officials. But really, that's not what we're talking about when we say I'm helpless, is it? Because you could at least do something to help affect that. No, when we're talking about I'm helpless, it's we're feeling like we're unable to do anything about whatever's going on in our lives. And it's usually a state of mind. It's usually a state of mind. Some of your Bible translations even uh, appre- uh, use the word uh, that we, some of your translations use the word oppressed, some of it use the word helpless. Often speaking about the poor. And you may, not fit, you may fit in that category, but that's usually not what we're talking about either. It's usually we're talking about when we're ready to give up, we're tapped out, We're unable to change things. Most of all, when we're slipping into that victim mentality, it's just everyone else causing me all these problems, and I can't do anything about it. And some of you are like, I've never been there, and I'm glad you haven't. But many of you have been there multiple times. Some of you are there right now. 
You're feeling like everything is upon you, the world is against you, and you're just a victim of circumstances and you have nothing to get out of it. And it hurts. And of course, in our society, the word victim actually is a good word. Um, well, that's just a, yeah, we use victim as a good, as a positive word. Everyone's a victim of someone else. And we, you know, like, how much of a victim you are is how you get your status on the victim chart. Yeah, go pay attention to social media. It's all over there. You're a victim of the 10%. You're a victim of males. You're a victim of uh, the whites. You're a victim of uh, society. You're a victim of, of Mexicans stealing your job. You're a victim of AI. You're a victim of... You name it. There's something to blame. Of course, I remember this passage in the beginning of Genesis, the very beginning of your Bible that has something about that too, isn't it? It was the snake's fault. Not me, oh Lord, it was the snake. We've been playing this game for a long time. So there's nothing new about this, but we believe the lie that we have no say, we're just helpless in this world we live upon. And I want to tell you right now, it's a lie. Even if you're feeling it right now, you may be, it's, may, it's honest feeling, and you're not, I'm not doubting you're feeling this, but it's a lie you're telling yourself. It's a lie maybe you've been sold. Because in truth, we have to believe what God has told us. We have to choose what God has told us. And he doesn't give in to the idea that you're just a victim and have no authority over your own life. Remember yes, last week I said it's not about your truth. It's about His truth. And so we have to choose to believe what God says. And so when I think about what God says, I think, do I have authority over my own life? Even though I may feel tapped out, I may feel like I have no control over things. I may feel like, I look at passages like Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, now we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Which means we have the authority. If Jesus says, I give you all authority I give unto you, we have the authority to be co-heirs with Christ. And because we are children, his beneficiaries with all the privileges, responsibilities, and position that affords. What belongs to Jesus, glory, riches in heaven, authority, we also have that because we're co-heirs with him. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go walk on water. But what I'm saying is we keep our eyes on him. Those storms can be calmed. We do not have power in ourselves. It's not like you speak into existence. I don't want to go down that path. That's unbiblical. You speak into existence. You are not Jesus. 
but you do have the authority over your actions. You have the authority. You are no longer slave to the sinful nature within you. The lies that I'm helpless, of a helpless existence where every, it's everyone else's responsibility to take care of everything, you have, and you have no power over your own life to change, to exist, to be something greater than you are. That's a lie. Because you have the authority in Christ. Romans 6.15 tells us as much. That you are no longer slave to sin. Philippians 4.10-13 I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you are concerned but have no authority to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever circumstance. I know that what, that what is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned to do the secret of being content in every situation. Whether I feel, or I'm fed or hungry, whether it is living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't we overuse that passage? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's why I'm going to shoot this free throw. That's why my team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. We use that all the time incorrectly. What's he saying when he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me? I can live in any circumstance, whether I have food or I'm hungry, whether I have plenty or I don't, whether I have, whether the world's telling me you've made it or the world's telling me you're a failure. I can be. No matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we can live according to the one who gives us the strength to live. And so we live. We're not responsible for being the victim. We live and we have to live. That means we take authority over our own choices, our own attitudes, and our own... We live. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. <clears throat> As it is, there is not much of a chance of that. You know for yourselves that you are... That, that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles... But we're not demoralized, we're not sure of what to do, but we know that God knows what to do, and we've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. I mean, isn't that amazing? No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you may be battered, but you're not broken because God has given you the strength to live. You're not a victim. You're not helpless. You live because of the one who lives within you. Second Corinthians 10.5 We use our powerful God tools for smashing... I like the way that one put it. I'm not a big fan of the message, but I like the way they put it there. Our powerful God tools for smashing 
warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, erected against truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structures of life shaped by Christ. We use what God has given us to smash, to tear down the things of this world. that have stopped us from God's truth and led us to the barriers. You know, so that lie, I'm helpless, we use God's strength, God's truth to smash it. So when you're feeling like I'm helpless, like I can't do this on my own, like I, you don't have to do it on your own because he's there and he's given you the power to live and to smash those authorities. We have to come back to God. It's God who gives us strength to be what we need. We may fall down, but He's going to keep us going. Isaiah 25 4. For you have been a defense for the helpless, a defense for the needy in His distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the roofless, it is like rain storm against a wall. You see that? You've been a defense God for the helpless. So even though when we feel like we're on the last rope, he's not. He's not. And he's given you the authority to live. A lot of times when we feel like we're helpless, it's because we're just in a situation that we've not planned for. And we say, well, I can't get myself out of this situation. And so we try to, 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 to get ourselves out. We rely on our own tools. And they fail. Because we're not relying on God tools says, you can get out of this situation. It may take drastic steps. I'm in a helpless situation. For example, I'm over my budget. I'm constantly poor. Well, it may take you cutting your budget and actually planning out where you're spending your money, which is hard. Most of us don't realize how much frivolous we are with some of our money. Like, oh, I'm good with my major things, but then, you know, there's those side buys. And those are what gets us into trouble, right? Or those desires that we don't really need. Like, I just can't get enough money to get that five, you know, 50-inch TV that I want. Well, if you don't have the money for the 50-inch TV... Or the swimming pool, or the. I've learned that it doesn't matter actually how much money you have, there's people that fall in that category. They're going to blow their budget because they feel like they don't have enough of whatever it is they want. Or how about I feel like I'm in a hopeless situation because I married the wrong person? I said, well, I don't believe in divorce. 
But there are situations we can do, things we can do, like setting healthy boundaries. If you're in an abusive situation, you can leave. If you're in a situation where things just aren't going healthy, or maybe you're the one who needs to change, you've got expectations that are too high. There was an interesting book that came out. Yeah, I know, it's surprising that I bring up books. Um, <laughs> my daughter tells me my catchphrase is, I have a book on that. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, an interesting book came out, and it said that uh, it, was, it was polling men and women, and it said that if you got any, 80% of what your... Uh, um, your, your, of your list, you know, 80% of what you were expecting for in a spouse, would you settle or would you think that's good or would, you, um, would that be great? Uh, for men, it was, uh, it said 80% of what I'm looking for, absolutely, that'd be a great catch. For women, they said, no, I can't settle for 80%. That's, it's either all or nothing. Um, sometimes our, our, uh, our expectations are way too high. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we feel helpless often because we're not letting God take care of the truth of God, take care of the situation. We may turn to a passage and say, well, the Bible says this. It says, well, the Bible also says. We do this all the time. We favor one passage over another. Most of our arguments about scriptures are which passage to favor. Um, not all of them, but most of them are. Which passage should we favor over another? And when we feel helpless, we have to rely on that God's truth is big enough to handle the situation. And we have to make the changes according to his truth. And that's hard, isn't it? It's hard to change. It's hard to say, I, in God's truth, have to get up and live according to that way that he's told me to live. And so whatever circumstance I find myself in, I'm not helpless. I have to change my attitude. And yes, you may be poor, but you're still, you're not helpless you just may never have all the money you want. But he's going to give you your needs. And it's amazing what we need compared to what we want. We can survive off a lot less than we think we can. <laughs> but see, sometimes it's all about our attitude change. We say, I need to change my attitude. And we do that by focusing in. We focus in Philippians uh, 4.8. Let's uh, go to that passage. I know we're skipping one. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Whole Bible. Whatever is good... Whatever is life-giving, whatever is, is God-giving, put your focus on that. 
Because those other things that we tend to focus on, they're the things that lead us down destruction. They're the ones that, that lead us down that path that says, I'm helpless. You can't do nothing about it. You're just, they leave us exhausted, worn out, defeated. Last week I said, if you don't capture your thoughts, they're going to capture you. And this is, this is that passage that I, I, I reference. We focus on what is good, what is godly. And I know it's tempting to listen to those lies. I know it's tempting to live and listen to the struggles. I know it's tempting to say, I just can't do anything. That you'll always be a victim. That nothing you tempt is valid. But that just isn't the truth that the Bible paints. You are very capable people. You are co-heirs with him. Created in his image. To bear that image. And if you say that you are helpless as his image, you're saying that he is helpless. And he's not helpless. He's not helpless at all. You are chosen through the power of Christ to be better than you were yesterday, to stand for him in the face of oppression because the king of kings stands with you. How awesome is that? So we need to change our focus and focus on the life-giving truth that you are capable and have life yet to live in whatever the circumstance is. Father God, right now I praise you, Lord. I pray that you would be with this, your children, Lord. I know that sometimes we feel like we just have no control over our own lives. But Lord, we know that you are in control. And Lord, through you, we have the power to live our lives. We are not slave to those things that, are, that trap us. We are not slave to these things that bind us. We are in you. We are in your truth. So Lord, put our focus on the truth. Don't let us listen to that lie that we're helpless. Don't let us be victims. Don't let us be uh, less than we are. Because you are living in us and you have given us your God tools to smash down these lies. So smash down those lies in our lives. Give us authority. Give us power. Give us hope. Lord, I know that, it's a, uh, that, that this sermon probably won't change anyone's life, but Lord, I know that your truth will. So Lord, as they choose daily, minute by minute, to focus on, on your truth, that you change their lives and lead them to a place of capable image bearers of you in your truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lord, I pray that we're going to move to a time of invitation. We're going to go to a time of invitation where we invite you to make those next steps.